0: Hello, and you are listening to Cast, the podcast where we bullshit about the year in pop culture. I'm Luke. I'm Jacinta. And this week we're talking about. 20, movie, television. Collectibles. Collectibles. Collectible, video games. Comics, comics. Books. Books. Board games. And more. And
1: more. 2019. It's the Golden
0: Fappy Awards. The magical... What the
1: Fappies? The Golden Fappy is a singular within the I know, but, the, but fappies. the Fappies
0: themselves are just so awesome that I'm giving them a golden award. Oh,
1: okay. And
0: making them You're the golden... you giving them
1: their own golden
0: Yeah. Okay. It's an award for the best awards of the year. Okay. Which is the Fappy Awards. Okay. It's my favourite time of year when we get to recap on the year that was and award our favourite movies stuff. Hmm. And hopefully... Uh, if you've got a pen and paper nearby or, uh, you know, some sort of uh, digital text uh, app you-, you might even find some recommendations of things that uh, you might have missed that you might want to check out. Dear hmm. listener, it's uh, it's a service that we provide. But, uh, yeah, I love it. I love the fappies. Looking forward to uh, getting into that with you and talking about all our favourite things. But before we do that, we do have a movie that we should review, our first movie of 2020. Hmm. Which is a movie about, uh, not large.
1: Just little women. Not medium.
0: Mm. Not grande, uh, but little women.
1: Which is so annoying. It came out here on New Year's Day and everybody else has it on their fucking best of 2019 lists. I'm like, fuck you. Yeah, but where yeah, you're,
0: so. you're a stickler for the rules today. I can already tell, foreshadowing. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. It has, because it was the day after, it's, yeah, it's it has, 2020. It
1: has to be 2020. That's fair enough. Like, and very bold of uh, Little Women to release what may well be my favourite movie of 2020 on the first day of 2020, but, you know, here we are.
0: Yeah, mm. you have managed to catch it uh, twice Perhaps already. I have seen it twice, yes. I uh, saw it with uh, your mum, as a lot of people have done.
1: Yes, and mum and nan, which I saw Molly, yesterday. There was, there was mums and nans and kids.
0: It was, yeah, multi-generations of yeah. women. I think I was one of two men in the audience, and mm. there were uh, genuine little women in the audience. Mm. Uh, even little pre-women, to, uh, you know, spent many decades confidently being a woman. Hmm. And also a lot of uh, chit-chat. Yeah, that's... Um, it was a participation sport for a lot of the women watching.
1: Yeah, which is it happened... Like, I heard a little bit of it in my first session, but I was able to just block it out and not worry about it. But other people, like, I've seen people on Twitter being like, holy fuck, why were not people shut up in Little Women? And I think the problem is is that it's all fucking old people and they don't understand what's happening.
0: Well, it was a mix because uh, <sighs> there was partly that. Now, this movie is not told in chronological order. Mm. It has the Christopher Nolan school of editing here, um, which is to say the editor went, Your film's ready, Miss Garwick! Uh, oh, and then tripped. And then, oh, i got to put this thing together quickly and then put it together in the wrong order. Mm. So there was all- a
1: little golden fappy for Foley. Yeah.
0: Yeah, okay. Best sound editing. (laughs) There was a bit of that. So there were people behind going, no, no, this was before, and explaining that aspect of it. Mm. But in addition to that, there was uh, things like, um, what a bitch, that's a cute dog. No, don't marry him, marry him. And all sorts (laughs) of other things, which really added to the experience. I didn't hear
1: most of that. (laughs) Most of that been blocking those those ladies out.
0: So, ladies, you're not in your living room. If you like to talk to the TV, I think that's great. Do it at home.
1: Mm. Um. You're not a goggle box. Yeah. 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 I'd mm.
0: like to form my own opinion while watching a film, not listen to a stranger's <laughs> random opinion <laughs> being uh, mm-hmm. shouted at the screen. And
1: it's like, if you're... Look, I'm... <sighs> I'm not really going to get on anyone's tits for, for not being familiar with the story of Little Women. But getting upset because she marries one, not the other. Like, that's been around for quite some time.
0: Yeah, there's a chance to... Uh, you could definitely tell that who were readers and who were not readers mm. in that I audience. mean,
1: I've never read it, but I've seen one of the other many, many, many fucking versions of the yeah. movie
0: that have been made. So, uh, as I said, you're going to have a go at me about breaking rules a bit later on when we mm. uh, look at the list. I just think uh, 2020, mm. rules are, rules are out. You know, like people uh, have no rules or etiquette when it comes to watching movies, to talking about movies. They love being mean and dunking on movies and telling people they hate movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, we live in a world with um, your Scott Morrison's and your Trump's and your mm. Boris Johnson's. Australia is burning. Mm-hmm. I just think like, w- why the f- Fuck, are we trying to be uh, paragons of of goodness and etiquette? Because somebody has to be. I gotta get. I gotta get me mine, girl.
1: Look, we need to be yeah, the I change didn't... we want to see in the world. I'm gonna
0: get me some, and if I if I can, I'm gonna break the rules about me being positive about movies. So if people are gonna like break the rules to be negative and dunk on movies and go mm. <laughs> cats with <the> dumb, <laughs> it's terrible. Uh, then you know, fuck them. I'm coming into bat. I'm. This kitty's sharpening its claws. Meow. Mm-hmm. I'm a kitty cat. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I'm not even sure
1: what your position was at the end of all of that. Um Barking my territory. Yeah. Okay. All
0: right. Scratching up this couch.
1: Arrgh. Yeah.
0: Look, I got a Taylor Swift calendar yesterday. Yeah,
1: I don't care. Um, yeah, so the movie was very good. Yeah, it was good. Very, very good. Like, you know, it had been out in America for a little while. Everyone was like, this is the most amazing movie. I love it so much. And I was like, yeah, like, is it going to be that good? What can you do with Little Women? Like, i don't only just watched as um, part of the What to Watch Challenge. I just watched the 94 one this year and had really fallen in love with it many decades too late. And I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm ready to be... You know, to have new versions of these characters already, but like by halfway through the movie, I was like, fuck Winona Ryder, she is dead to me. Dead. Um, yeah, no, this is magical, and the casting is unbelievable. Like, I cannot think, like, I could not even think of a single person who'd be better as Laurie than Timothy Chalamet. Like, he is just that perfect, perfectly pitched as that character. It's just brilliant.
0: He's a, um, Little wooden puppet, isn't he?
1: Mm, it's like a little Pinocchio boy.
0: I gotta say, he's got
1: beautiful, dreamy eyes and wonderful hair, and he's oh. just that magic, uh, gentle dream boy that that girls love.
0: I just kept looking at him and thinking, like you know, when he's laying there on the grass and thinking, um. What size are those pants? They're like a doll's pants.
1: Oh, he's a little twiggy
0: boy. (laughs) that's a pair (laughs) of doll's pants. I was just trying to think, what part of my body would comfortably fit inside those pants? Mm.
1: He took them off a Ken doll. He just just goes to Big W and goes to the toy section to do
0: his shopping. Yeah, so I was pretty amazed uh, by that. Mm. Um... You know, I, I went into it again. Like obviously, I knew you were seeing it the second time. and New people were, were thinking, a lot. Um, I, I was a uh, you know, it took w- took me a little while to warm up to it. I was like, mm. "Oh yeah, you know, this is part of the course." I
1: didn't actually like the time shift thing at first, um, but I really did by the end of it.
0: Yeah, but then it sort of won me over. Performances won me over. Really, really enjoyed uh, Florence Pugh in it. She was the VIP for me, and uh, she gets to play two very distinct versions of her character. In fact, I think she's probably the best marker of the time period. Mm. Because... um, It's
1: between, like, she's about 13 in the before and then about 20 in the after.
0: Yeah. I didn't think she was, like, 13. She is, though. She's, like, 25 or something. I know, but uh, the character's very young. Yeah. But she did play it like she was mentally (laughs) 9, which was great. (laughs) I really enjoyed that aspect of it. So, uh, yeah, I thought she was really good and that won me over I, I can't imagine i'm gonna have quite the uh, attachment as um all those women in the audience but at the mm-hmm. same time it's really well put together really well performed mm-hmm. and uh yeah i was on board had some um interesting uh, moments and choices i didn't get to talk too much about it afterwards uh but yeah i, I love um bob odenkirk being the dad mm. thought that's great shorthand because you go oh he's not a stern dad or a, mm. a rough dad or a, he comes his but you know it's second only to like jim carrey then somersaulting <laughs> through the door and going daddy's home mm. so that was all right i did uh, i'm gonna keep this vague so not to be spoilery for people who don't know this story by now but i thought a good deleted scene would have been like like an end scene, our oh, credit scene. Mm. Cuts back to the publisher, and he goes and titties, and then it cuts back to the rain, and everybody's got their tits out, including um, Odin Kirk.
1: Mm.
0: Yeah, so mm-hmm. he's like nips pointed it, then he's just circling around joyously. It doesn't finish in the rain though. In the rain, the but rain, the rain's not the last scene. I think that'd be the good scene for they're the titties at, though. They're
1: at the party.
0: Yeah. At the end. Okay, well they could be at the party. Shaking it around. Mm-hmm. Everybody's, like, had a few opiums mm-hmm. and uh, letting their beards down, so to speak. Yeah. Anyway, I, it was good. It was good. Good Good start to the year.
1: Yeah. And no, I, um, I've, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Like, I would quite happily go and see
0: it again. I really loved it. Anyway. And everyone looks like they're having fun. Everybody looks oh, like they're yeah. getting along. Everybody looks like That's they're It's just in- the
1: chemistry and the dynamic between those... The, the girls like i was a little bit mm, at first but then the scene where um Sisha ronan is doing emma watson's hair and yeah. she burns off part of it and that moment and the reaction of those characters in that moment just tells you everything like um florence Pugh's character just starts screaming laughing and um, Emma Watson's character is all uh, stressed out, and Tish Rowan was like, and that was was the
0: moment that won me. And directors aren't on screen, but with this sort of movie, and I think it's a triumph of this movie, and I'm talking about directors in terms of the way they deal with actors, which is one of the most important things. I think a lot of people think about directors in terms of shots and creating Jar Jar Binks and all sorts of things like that. But in terms of how they actually deal with actors and get a performance out of them, I think Gerwig's very present in this film because mm. you feel like they love and trust her. Mm. And you can just feel that sometimes in a movie where people are like, oh... This director is giving me room to move and to perform and to do things, and I'm happy and I trust everyone and I'm having a great time, and mm. that makes the movie pretty foolproof.
1: Mm. And I read something this morning about the um, the stylist, like giving them their costumes, but then telling them to style it and then accessorize it how they wanted. Yeah. Um, and like, I loved all of Joe's clothes, and I thought um, like Laurie looked great and all these different outfits as well and it was because you know they're they're doing it all themselves and like um Florence Pugh's character is so put together in that after sort of period like everything is so beautiful and prim and tidy and very nice yeah, everything, she does everything see,
0: looks so good she's very like lovely lady to cheeky bugger really isn't mm-hmm. she T- to nightmare child <laughs> so yeah all right well good stuff uh little women I look forward to uh, the sequel if this goes well. Hmm. Hmm.
1: Mm.
0: Little Women 2. Cartwheel Boogaloo.
1: Yeah, I was, yeah. I was waiting for the Boogaloo vari- variation. Yeah. Yeah. That was a great one. Yeah,
0: no. Uh, how about I just do that for a while? Uh, No. No, okay, we'll do the fappies instead. No, yeah, let's definitely do the other
1: thing that is not that. I just wanted to
0: give you options. (laughs) Uh, I just didn't want you to feel railroaded (coughs) into uh, one one specific Mm, thing.
1: Okay, not the thing that I've come here to do. Okay, yeah, that's true. Yeah. All right,
0: okay, fair enough. (laughs) Jeez. All right, um, so we're going to start with our top 10s, right? Or are we? Well, I've got 11. Mm, Which is unfair, I think. Okay, well, I, I want Star Wars as a freebie. Because I just love Star Wars. Star Wars is always going to be in there. No, the ten. no, that's not fair. I'm choosing another movie. You're breaking <laughs> the rules. I'm a kitty cat. Yeah, well, I'm. A, I'm howling at the moon. Memories, all alone in the moonlight. Okay, see, look, you're obviously you got to think about it. You're obviously not passionate about 11th film. I you?
1: No, well, I had all my. Um my movie's written down at home And I'm not at home now
0: Yeah, this should be in your head So
1: It's passionate about me, remember them I could barely get fucking ten, mate So don't even Well, that's why you don't need an eleventh You don't need an eleventh either But if you're having an eleventh I'm having an
0: eleventh I'm having an eleventh Because, um Star Wars is my baby
1: No, fuck it I'm having ten Yeah, there you I'm go I'm having ten I'm having ten Fuck you yeah. I'm staying to the rules there you Because go. these are and the rules Somebody has
0: to You said that before mm. That's you I'm mixing it up this year. Mm. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. I said it.
1: Oh, wow. Oh, like a middle-aged white dude being yeah. like, I don't give a fuck about yeah. the rule. Wow, what a yeah. unique yeah. concept I'm, I'm having a revel- that has I'm having never, a- never happened before. And you're doing a movie review podcast. Fuck, I'm, I'm having wow. a revelation.
0: Yeah. Well, this isn't your daddy's movie review podcast anymore. Like I said, all the rules are gone. mm People don't even deserve movies. They're such shitheads about movies. Too edgy for
1: you. That I'm,
0: uh, I'm coming in and just talking about my love. So, as, mm. as we always say, yes. we always preface this by saying, um, this isn't about us saying, well, what are the best made Oscar mm. winner movies of the year? Mm-hmm. It's about our personal experience. Mm. What was tailored to us? What did we love? What did we have the most... Transcendental experience with in the cinema, what made us feel or laugh or or just like geek out or whatever it was. Mm. I, didn't, I didn't, I did not geek out at all last year, played it with a very cool, but yeah, yeah. I,
1: I, I don't think that I did either. No, really, I, well, looking at my no list. I
0: don't think you had an emotion last year.
1: <sighs> no, I don't, I don't think I was capable of an emotion yeah. last year. Like, I was just kind of getting through the day, yeah. <laughs> it was, was my focus most <laughs> <Yes>. days. <laughs>
0: Your, your uh, standard movie review was meh.
1: Yeah. It was like, you and Liz were like, oh, who's your crush for this year? I'm like, fucking no one. Everyone's shit and terrible. We'll, we'll get
0: there. <laughs> but um, no, this is about the stuff that I enjoyed. So I'm breaking the, the rules a little bit because mm-hmm. I, I want to really talk about what I enjoyed.
1: It's almost as if we, we usually have an honourable mentions that you could have put stuff in. But no, that's
0: fine. No, I couldn't choose. And it's because I've got a, a very controversial one at the end, which I've just, I've got to put in. All right. Well, there were five of our ten slash eleven lists Mm -hmm. that were the same. Yes. So why don't we talk about the five movies that we both had on our lists Mm -hmm. first, and then we'll talk about the the variants. Yes. Okay. So um, these are in no particular order. You you did yours chronologically, but um, we're not putting one above the other. No. But uh, we'll do you. We'll do them chronologically, like you've got there. Mm Mm-hmm. Vox Lux. Mmm.
1: It was just so unique, you know, and just such a great performance from um, Natalie
0: Portman. So let's remind people who, because this is probably one of the more obscure movies on our list, Mm. Vox Lux is the movie where Natalie Portman plays a...
1: Lady Gaga, essentially.
0: Yeah. It's a very strange story with a kind of unconventional narrative in the sense that there's no like big climax or anything mm. but starts when she's a child and witnesses something terrible ends up breaking into music and then we cut to her as an adult and she's become a big star and mm. is got all sorts of alcohol issues and things and mm. connecting with her daughter who is played by the girl that played her younger self mm. and then ends up going and doing this like big concert and it's um, got a great soundtrack especially the score mm. uh natalie portman's really intriguing and sort of quirky and weird in it. Yeah, it was unique. Mm. And it it stuck with me. It kind of lingered.
1: Yeah. You know when you look
0: at a lot of the movies on there and you go, that was a good movie. Like, I rated that highly, but I haven't thought about it since. Whereas Vox Lark's one is one of those ones where the imagery has kind of stuck with me. And I listen to the soundtrack still.
1: Like, I gave...
0: um, I think I gave Mary Poppins four
1: stars, but I could not for the life of you tell... You anything that happened in mary poppins
0: yeah i remember a bit like mary poppins i really enjoyed that was almost close to being on here mm. but it gets yeah, so hard when you see something really early in the year mm. and uh yeah i vox lux was more way more visceral yeah and and certainly um taking a lot more chances than a big disney mm. reboot so you gotta have something like that on your list and, yeah uh, vox lux was that for both of us mm-hmm uh, we both have no surprise here. Avengers Endgame to go to the complete opposite end of the spectrum in terms of uh, obscurity. Yeah, it it was going to be
1: impossible to leave it off. Really, it was such a huge, uh, a huge impact, a huge ending to a very very long saga, and it was. Yeah, I I really enjoyed it. A lot of people say, oh, you know, as a standalone movie, it's not that good. It's not meant to be a fucking standalone movie. Like, what are you, like, where are you coming at with this? It was was what it needed to be.
0: Yeah, and I agree. Like, it's not the best movie. I like Infinity War better. Mm. Um, This was a year when we had uh, directors come out and say, like, Scorsese and stuff, and say that these were just theme park movies and um, roller coaster rides and things, and I 100% agree.
1: But also people like theme parks, but and we they're really like roller enjoy coaster rides.
0: <laughs> yeah, and uh, it's full of MacGuffins and plot holes mm. and um, narrative cheats, And but we care about the characters. Mm. You get to see some really uh, large-scale things on screen. You get to see Spider-Man riding a fucking Pegasus, which I don't think anyone ever predicted they would be seeing on the big screen anytime soon. Mm. So... Uh yeah, it was certainly a big experience, a big pop culture experience. People uh, were actually very um kind with this film. It was a it's kind of a um highlight in terms of the way that fans reacted to a film because for the most part they liked the character so much, liked the story, had goodwill and you know, didn't dwell or nitpick on the floors, but just enjoyed yeah. the ride. And I wish they could have done that for more things because the, I feel like the things that they go, oh, this is, you know, what I like and what I don't like. It's a completely set of different set of rules for different things. Um, but yeah, it was a good one and uh, God us all jazzed for Phase 4. Uh, then we both have Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, this movie was pretty cool. Yeah, it was. Like, it was a cool movie. It snowballed on me, like, sort of like Inglourious Bastards did. Again, where you're sort of watching it and you're going, I don't know exactly where this is going or what the point is, or... But then you're enjoying more and more moments, and then there's that point where everything ties together Mm. in a really satisfying way. Yeah. And uh, you've just got great performances, a great sense of fun, Mm. and... uh, yeah, had a big smile. And and again, just, one that you think about.
1: And it's nice to see, like, I know we don't really have necessarily like A list actors anymore because people are so spread out, but it's just kinda just nice to see Brad and Leo just pulling some of that ninety swagger clout back out.
0: Yeah, and I think again that's another one where you can feel their comfort and trust with the director mm. and that that joy of oh, I'm showing up to work and I have something to do. Mm. Like, each scene is going to be a memorable scene. Like, I'm going to be producing all these moments which people are going to remember for a long time, Mm. and that's rare. Mm. So uh, kudos to um, Tarantino for continuing to provide interesting opportunities for people, Um, even though he's possibly a shithead. I don't know. Uh, We both have Jojo Rabbit. Yeah, I mean, we only talked about it what like last week. Oh, sorry, I skipped the uh, chronological there, but uh, yeah, we loved that. Obviously, yeah. um, a highlight for Tyker getting him back on form, and mm. uh, saw that twice. Loved it both times, and um, Yeah, had a lot more to it than I, I thought it would. Mm. And he said we talked about it last week. So, uh, a knives out was the other one that we both had. Ryan Johnson's. Who whodunit with a fantastic cast and a lot of twists and turns and uh, mm. just a slick cool film
1: yeah and i'm not really a fan of who done It, but this uh was very unique even within that genre and uh i enjoyed it a lot mm. it really really good really satisfying um a really satisfying movie like you just you, you go out of it feeling like yes it was all wrapped up in a way that worked for me
0: And another, like, real sense of play and fun and people Hmm. enjoying themselves and people enjoying their characters, Hmm. which uh, adds so much. Okay, then uh, you've got another five that Mm -hmm. are not on my list. Do you want to get us started with that? Yeah. So, uh, my first one
1: was Booksmart, which is a pretty tricky one, because, again, that one came out at the end of the year before in the US, and I think we tend to not normally include those sort of borderline ones. But Booksmart is just, like, so fucking good that um, I, I just couldn't... I couldn't not include it. It's... Uh, I've seen a lot of people describing it as, you know, like female super bad and stuff like that, which is not completely incorrect, but it's just so much... So much more modern. Like, the modern values, um, representation, and it's fucking funny. Like, it is so, so funny. Um, and I have not laughed in a movie like i laughed in
0: this movie. It was close to being on my list as well. I think that what I like about it is how authentic it feels. Mm. You know, no matter how outlandish the plot gets, those two core characters feel authentic. Mm. From the way they talk to each other, the way they dance around outside and stuff, it feels really relatable. Mm. Whereas you think there are a billion Disney movies or even horror movies that present really inauthentic teenagers teenagers where you feel like the writers know nothing about teenagers Mm. really bland cliche characters and uh when somebody actually gets it right that's Mm. when you have that movie that's um going to be remembered Mm. and it was Livia Wilde's first direction direct role as director right and uh yeah good on her I can't wait to see what else she does very
1: good um my next one is a bit of a left fieldy sort of one. It's got At Eternity's Gate, which is Willem Dafoe as uh, Vincent van Gogh, and I loved this movie so much more than I thought I was going to. It was um, brilliantly acted. Like Willem Dafoe is unbelievable in it, and it's just such a dreamy, emotive movie um, that. I even... I had, like, people at work and stuff that we, we would uh, talk about it and discuss it and and that sort of thing. And, and I... Uh, yeah, it's a unique choice, but I, I really got a lot out of that movie.
0: Yeah, beautiful movie. Uh, very sexy. I was jacking Goff all all through it. Uh, don't. You have to ruin everything. this ruins just some things. <laughs> uh, well, no, what I liked about that film, in all seriousness, was the way that it really showed the world through Vincent's eyes. So hmm. in terms of him going crazy normally you see that from the outside but we really saw it from the inside where a lot of the um, outlandish things that he supposedly did he was not aware of Hmm. and didn't remember so we saw how he saw himself and uh, not how others saw him which Hmm. was interesting
1: and uh i also like captain marvel this year i thought it was just a great character solid movie um yeah just just really fun really enjoyed it
0: yeah, I there's, loved... there's
1: not much more to say about it really. Like it was just good fun. Uh, I I got a lot out of it, and and yeah, it was just it was really good,
0: really enjoyable. I loved Brie Larson in the role, certainly, and uh, it has some really wonderful moments, and uh, also fun to see Mendo being an alien. <clears throat> yeah, okay. I love I, I love Mendo. That goes without saying. Feeling is in some tickets, mate, and bus fare home at Skrull Land, mate. I'm a fucking Skrull. Eh? <sighs> That's a bit wino.
1: You're going, going a little bit when I... Alright,
0: come on, give me some Mendo.
1: No, I'm not giving you Mendo. I'm oh, just critiquing just your, your Mendo, my yeah. Mendo. Uh, my next one is probably... Oh, I don't know if my favourite comedy of the year, because Booksmart was very, very good, but uh, Long Shot was a huge surprise for me. I thought this was going to be a complete piece of shit, and it was incredibly funny. Uh, it was Charlize Theron and Seth Rogen. I, um... Yeah, it's one. It's probably one of the movies that really stuck with me, and when I was thinking of my list, that was one of the first ones that I
0: thought of. was a cracker, I agree. Mm. Uh,
1: and I know we're not playing favourites, but I would say that Rocketman probably was my favourite movie of this year. Uh, it is extremely, extremely my shit, and I think, especially compared to Bohemian Rhapsody from last year, it is just head and shoulders above that. It had a real, um, dreamy, borderline, velvet goldmine vibe. Um, I loved the performances. I loved... Taron was great. I love Richard Madden and Jamie Bell. I just... I just fucking loved this movie so much.
0: I've got, uh, Rise of Skywalker because I love Star Wars to death. I talked about this. Don't care what anyone thinks. Uh, I've really enjoyed this <coughs> sequel trilogy. I've really enjoyed the characters and I think it's a really interesting story when you put it all together and, um... I look forward to more in-depth looks at it in the future. Um, I've watched it four times now, and um, I feel like I've got a pretty good handle of uh, lots of things about it. So um, I really did enjoy it. Uh, In terms of other blockbusters that stuck with me that I really enjoyed uh, was Alita Battle Angel. Uh, That, uh, yeah, I really was... in intrigued and enchanted by that character I think the design is just off the chain in that film there's some uh, cool ideas and some wonderful action sequences, there's mm. some characters that I really loathe um, like I think the boyfriend character sucks, but uh, overall I had a lot of fun with it, I thought it was really cool mm.
1: I think I was sitting there thinking, I'm not enjoying this, but I know
0: Luke really is <laughs> I rushed out and got the art book, like that, you know, that's the sort of thing that um, i enjoy uh the color of space which was the nick cage horror film which is actually getting a i did watch it in australian cinemas as a part of a festival but it's getting a widespread release this year Mm -hmm. and uh which i only found out recently but um it's based on a lovecraft story about the color pink coming down from space and causing havoc on an isolated farm and with the water supply And everybody going slowly crazy. Uh, It's got a lot of shades of Annihilation. Mm -hmm. And it's a real weird technicolor psychedelic nightmare that just gets crazier and crazier as it goes. Um, Produced by Elijah Wood's company, uh, SpectraVision, I think that is, Mm -hmm. who also gave us Mandy. And Mm -hmm. uh, on the strength of that, I would watch just about anything that they were doing. They did do another one with Army Hammer this year, which I watched. Okay. Uh, which had its moments, but not up to the scratch compared to these ones. Um, Marriage Story. Really enjoyed that. That is Scarlett Johansson and Adam Driver both giving, uh, I would say, in the realm of career, best performances, I think, particularly for Scarlett. And it's a sweet, funny, witty, sometimes devastating, um, sometimes hilarious look at the breakdown of a marriage And um, really directed and written with a sensitive hand. And it was one of those things, again, where you just felt that they were thrilled to be there. They trusted the director and everybody was really proud of what they put together. So a big fan of that one. Um, Man Who Killed Don Coyote. Mm -hmm. Adam Driver again. Uh, This is the movie that Terry Gilliam has tried to make for 20, 30 years, whatever it was just super unique as you would expect not like anything you've seen before um really lavish lush surreal settings and landscapes and it's another film that starts in the realm of the ordinary and then just goes further and further into insanity Mm. and uh i um enjoyed that that's how i end each i have ended each one this is the i always look forward to the fappies and then you remember that you talk about these films and you go i enjoyed that a big fan of that one. Right, I really recommend that. Mm. No shit. And finally, <laughs> cats. I just had so much fun in cats. And I've just totally enjoyed the people who have not liked it. Um, I don't think it's badly made. I think it's I think cats, the actual musical is badly conceived. And uh but it's a, you know, it's a cultural milestone, that musical. And seeing it for the first time with all these actors 100% committing to what they're doing and um, surreal visuals, uh, I just had such a big grin. And um, you talk about remembering imagery or having an experience in the theatre, it ticks all those boxes for me. Um, I, it's, you can't flush cats out of your head after watching it, not easily. So uh, I was a fan. All right. Well, well, they were our top tens. Ish. Ish. So our favorite performances then uh, is the next category. Obviously, I've just mentioned Scarlett Johansson in Marriage Story. Mm-hmm. Uh, we mentioned Natalie Portman in Vox Lux. And uh, she, you know, she had to do a whole big stage show and everything in that and mm. see dance. That's mm-hmm. quite a lot. Uh, Leo and Brad in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Both, I thought, were great in Two Sides of the Same Coin and um, a high for both of them. I really enjoyed Adam Driver in both Marriage Story and Man Who Killed Don Coyote. He's someone that this year has done drama and he's done um, tragedy and he's done comedy and he's sung and he's danced and he's really um, shown a wide spectrum. Uh, Love Nick Cage in Color Out of Space, I think. SpectraVision is such a great home for him because they understand him and they let him play to his strengths. And uh, he's fascinating in that film, as he was in Mandy. Um, I wanted to give a shout-out shout out to Jake Gyllenhaal, who I fucking love to bits. He's one of my favourite actors because he, again, can run that whole I've seen him play screeny, uh, scrawny, <clears throat> weedy guys who you think like someone could knock out in a second, like in Nocturnal Animals, and you've seen him be like, huge muscular boxes he got to be the new curator in velvet buzzsaw earlier in the year which was a really fun character loved him as mysterio and spider-man really enjoyed spider-man as a whole and uh have you seen the john Mole christmas special yet the one with the oh kids? yeah 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 i watched i watched ed gillenhall's role in that was remarkable. Mm. So, again, someone that can do it all and is not afraid to uh, make fun of himself or mm. play something incredibly silly as well as in something incredibly serious. And uh, there's not many people, especially when you go back into older Hollywood, that were capable of doing that. Mm. And um, finally, both uh, Robert Patterson and Defoe, to give Defoe more props, mm. for The Lighthouse, which was very close to being on my list. Lighthouse is a, a very odd movie really a two-hander about two horrible people and how hell it's living with another person in a black and white creepy lighthouse where you dream about tentacles and mermaids a lot
1: hmm, okay
0: and there's lots of masturbating and farting hmm. so i do recommend that you haven't seen lighthouse yet have no, you No. yeah no, no.
1: Uh, I would agree with Natalie Portman and um, Brad and Leo, as well as uh, Willem Dafoe, but probably for um, Vince Van Gogh. I also want uh, Taryn Edgerton for Rocket Man and the kid from
0: JoJo Rabbit. That was his first role. Yeah, what a fucking little, crazy. What a little gem. Yeah. What a little. They've what what, got some legs on that tacker. We're going to see him a lot more, aren't we? Maybe. Unless he, goes... Unless he develops one of those Hollywood drug problems. He's English. So? What? Who are the English kids? Can you imagine, like, you don't hear about, like, Love Actually or fucking, um, what's his face from The Favourite? Beast.
1: Oh, um, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Or, well, like, fucking, isn't Rupert, well, Rupert Grin bought, like, a fucking ice cream truck or something. That's yeah, right. that, that's, that's the English <laughs>
0: equivalent of, uh... Of going off the rails Ooh. as a child actor. You know, mm. oh, that Jamie Bell went off the rails, didn't he? Bought a
1: pub, what a <laughs>
0: <movie>. <laughs> So, yeah, I think this kid'll be fine. Mm. Um. <laughs> and our next category is great movies you may have missed, and we've talked about some of these already. Uh, the Lighthouse, Long Shot was on your list. Mm. Uh, I put Leaving Never- Neverland which is that Michael oh, okay. Jackson documentary. Mm. It's so good. It's so challenging. you got to watch about three hours of it. It's really harrowing, but I think it's so important. Mm. And it helps you understand that situation so much better. And it's a lot more even-handed than you would think. Um, I mean, it shows him to be guilty as hell, which I 100% believe after watching the thing, because there's so many details about the way he was able to manipulate the system but it's also interesting to get the victim's perspective on why and how they were seduced by it and how they mm. still loved him even though things w- were as they were um really harrowing but it, like if anyone's saying oh but you know i think he's innocent or whatever and they haven't seen that it's just crazy mm. um because of, of the how detailed it is uh, Parasite, what about that? That wasn't on either of our lists, mm. but, um, it is a great film. And a yeah, very it, well-made it, film.
1: It is. I'm very, um, yeah, I, I honestly don't know why I'm so conflicted over Parasite. Like, if I look at it objectively, it's pretty good. Yeah. But I kind of walked away from it going, mmm and I don't know why. I don't know why.
0: For me, I think, I mean, I had high expectations, because I love that director, mm. but... I, I think, again, there's a whole sort of point halfway through where you don't know entirely what the game is yet. You know that it's there's tension building and that something is going on, but you don't know what it is and you're, you're wanting to find out. You don't know where the film's going to go.
1: Mm, I don't know if I just found that release satisfying enough.
0: Yeah, and then when you do find out mm. what it's about and where it's going, I don't know if that had as much impact as I needed it to mm. have. Whereas a film like "Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was kind of the reverse for me, where mm. when it did start to have the pay off, I was actually quite satisfied by that i That's not an intellectual response because I understand that there um people have valid genuine real world concerns about once Upon a time in Hollywood mm. and how it uses Manson, whereas um you've got something like Parasite which uh is far more about things like class divide and, mm. and um, sort of people that are tucked away under the rug. Uh, so I understand that um, there's a far nobler thing happening in Parasite than there is in Tarantino's junkie homage to Hollywood. Mm. But th- that's the truth of my viewing experience, how I was. And this was about entertaining, not about um, looking at what is you know technically the better film mm. and um Parasite's going to get the accolades that it deserves I imagine
1: Yeah um, I hope so I hope it does really well at the the Globes and the Oscars yeah. and stuff yeah
0: because um it, it is a good film maybe uh, that's one it's it's difficult in this day and age actually because growing up you saw every film a billion times mm. you know you're going to rent a film and then watch it rewind it watch it and now there's just so much coming out mm. like I watched 111 films this year which is like 90 less than two years ago and like 50, 60 less than last year. Um, So the luxury of watching something again when you're thinking, oh, this is out and I haven't seen this and I should try this, it's just so difficult. And um, when it's something like Parasite, which is relatively heavy going and quite long, it's a shame that I'm probably not likely to sit down and watch it again in mm. a hurry unless I was watching it with someone who hadn't, like, you know, Suzanne wanted to watch it with me. Mm. And I um, like, if
1: watching it again would we'll probably benefit it.
0: I think it would, yeah. yeah. I think because it's one Second of those... Second viewing,
1: knowing what's going to happen is, would be much more
0: satisfying, I think. Yeah, because you're no longer projecting your... Yeah. Uh, that's what I think as well with films like... Uh, I mean, it's a double-edged sword because you shouldn't have to say to someone, you need to watch this more times Mm. in order to enjoy it because your time is precious and if you didn't enjoy something leave it alone Mm. but i know for things like personally for me even star wars i I watch it in such a heightened state the first time and my mind is just racing and you're not putting everything together Uh, it's really like the third time when i'm super relaxed and i'm just sort of looking it's suddenly like um listening to a piece of music that you're really familiar with and, and appreciating Oh, that little bit before the bridge. Or, or the, you know, you're suddenly really noticing what's there and not worried about what's not. I was like that with um, Under the Skin. I think it was the third time I watched it. And I was like, oh, I fucking love this film. Like, it's so clever. There's so many things happening. But the first time, it's kind of bewildering. Mm. But, you know, if you're bewildered by the first viewing and find it dull or whatever, yeah, how, how, can you, back, yeah, yeah. how can you watch it two or three times mm. to, to break over that? It makes no sense. And The Fanatic which is a John Travolta film, which is a really genuinely bad film. An earnestly bad film where he plays an autistic fan of an action movie star and begins to stalk him, and it's a sort of weird... Is it a black comedy? Is it a drama? What is it? It's a bizarre performance, John Travolta doing insane things. And that was, like, my... The Room experience for me this year. Uh, I had a lot of fun watching that. Mm. Um, Get some friends together and watch The Fanatic. And the other one I'm going to throw out there, uh, because this is movies you may have missed, is Hellboy. Hellboy kind of got crushed as soon as it came out with a lot of hate and people saying it was shit and that it was no good and not as good as the other ones, etc. But um, I think there was a lot of hyperbole there. I think Mm -hmm. if you missed it and you can catch it on Netflix or something, that it's quite enjoyable. Mm. Uh, and if anyone's like, oh, but it's not like the, it is, it is the comics. It's got so much from the comics. And if you look at the art book, um, there are so many sequences that you can see the comic pages for, and then the movie sequences. So, I mean, that is what it is. But if you think it's really off the mark then, and claim to like Hellboy, like you kind of miss what Hellboy's really about and what it's really like, you know, you, you, Mm. you just like the Del Toro version. Mm. But uh, I I thought it was a lot of fun from the beginning, where he's fighting a um, luchador in a ring who turns into a, like a big vampire bat thing. To there's just so many crazy ideas and creatures and things in that film, mm. and it just doesn't stop. So yeah,
1: I didn't love it, but it's nowhere near as bad as yeah, the yeah. internet made it out to be. Like it's just it's just not that
0: bad. I right, mean, if you're a pop culture comic <laughs> fan, give it a try. Mm. Um. That's my mum. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Hey, mum. Just chiming in for Hellboy. Mum's a huge Hellboy fan. Oh, yeah, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Every Halloween. Just one real big fist.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I only had one on my list of great movies you may have missed because I only watched, like, 50 movies this year. Which 15 is movies. 50. And I think last year I watched, like, 100. So I'm at, like, half of what I would normally watch. So it was very, very tough picking uh, movies this year. Uh, mine was Swing Kids, which is a... Korean film, which is was their sort of big kind of holiday period film in the same way that like Along with the Gods was the previous year, yeah. um, like a big sort of not blockbustery thing, but like a very a very popular movie, um, and it's about um, a group of of prisoners in a um, Korean war camp. That uh, former dance troupe, basically, and uh, tonally, it's not going to be for everybody. Like, I think there there would be definitely people who would watch it and go, oh, "This is a bit kind of weird and goofy, and I'm not clicking in with it." But uh, the supporting cast are so much fun. Like, once that supporting cast really comes in, um, it's it's so much fun. There's great performances, uh, and it is. Uh, has very satisfying, if slightly unexpected ending. So, uh, if you have seen trailers for it, it, it was going around on Facebook a little bit at the start of the year. If you have seen trailers for it and it interests you, then do try and check it out.
0: Yeah, Swing Kids, uh, the story of a group of kids who put their keys in a bowl. Mm. Uh, biggest disappointments of 2019. So this isn't about worst films. We don't do worst films because I think that's really subjective. No, this is all subjective. I I should edit edit that out. (laughs) I'm not going to. Um, I I just mean, like, yeah, I I, I think everything's got something in it. But um, I, like, would prefer to highlight films where you think, there was potential here, like, you shouldn't have fucked this up. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to put forward uh, Dark Phoenix and Glass, both for the same reason in the sense that there is a history there that shows you are capable of making a movie that is enjoyable. Mm. You've got a really great cast that you shouldn't be wasting um, who are showing up and doing the work and ready to roll. You've got an audience that's willing to give you the benefit of the doubt and come in and go, okay, do it. And there's just no script, and no direction, just complete waste and you just think why did you waste their time, my time, everyone's time like Mm. you you just dropped the ball. Mm. So yeah, disappointed Mm. with both of those.
1: Yeah, pretty much for exactly the same reasons I'm saying last Christmas. Like there was so much potential there and it was just such a pile of shit. Like disappointing shit. Um I also had the night before Christmas. I didn't have a great deal of expectation for that, but it was not even good bad. Like it was just bad. It was just bland and boring. Two Christmas films, very disappointing.
0: One big lump of coal in mm. your stocking. And uh, you haven't got a worse movie of 2019. You don't usually do that, but I am mm. going to put forward Rambo Last Blood because it's just it's just a reprehensible piece of shit which feels really like right-wing and xenophobic and mm. um, it, it just doesn't belong here anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, what to watch challenge. We failed the challenge. Yeah, we didn't go through about half of it. We did about 30 films, something mm. like that. So, you know, circumstances, life got in the way. But uh, there were still some films that were highlights and worth mm. checking out. So these were films that um, we watched every month based on a theme and got a chance to watch some things that we'd missed. Uh, Wolf of Wall Street I finally got to see and I really enjoyed that. Another Crazy Leo performance. Uh, Dog Tooth, which is an early film by uh, Yorgos, mm-hmm. who did Killing of a Sacred Deer and The Lobster and The Favourite. I 100% recommend that film. I loved it. Very small film by comparison, but um, shows how a really complicated idea can be dealt with in such a simple, economic and absorbing way. And um, Nausicaa Valley of the, of the Valley of the Wind, a mm-hmm. Studio Ghibli film, a classic one that I'd never seen and, and which I really loved. Mm-hmm. Great adventure film with a really cool uh, female protagonist. Cool. I uh,
1: I had two from Japanuary after really disliking the Japanuary films the previous year. Tokyo Gore Police, which is just the craziest gory slasher movie that was so much fun that was the first movie i watched for the year and was like holy shit it's surely all downhill from here uh and also sweet bean which was a really nice little um movie about a nana who made uh, sweets for people uh, happy new year was from the bollywood month which was just absolute nonsense and i <laughs> loved it so much um little women the 94 version and i'd never seen hairspray and i thought that was a lot of fun yeah, I wouldn't
0: mind checking
1: the, the, that out, the actually. From, um, yeah. one. John Travolta
0: as a woman. Uh, Favourite TV shows of 2019. These are new TV shows. Uh, I'm going to say Dark Crystal Age of Resistance, Mandalorian, Watchmen, and his Dark Materials to um, kick things off. And the reason I've grouped those four together is just to say, like, how amazing is it that Dark Crystal, Star Wars, His Dark Materials and Watchmen exist as TV series this mm. year, like last year. That's crazy. It's like TV is just suddenly catering for everything that I love. And um, I think particularly Dark Crystal was such a triumph. Like, they created such an amazing world and um, it just must have cost a fortune. Mm. And it, just such a breakthrough moment for TV for me. And um, as, as were all of these, just the scope, the scale and the kinds of stories they're telling. And also the fact that not only are we getting TV series based on these properties, but we're getting TV series based on these properties made by people who genuinely love them and understand mm. them and know about them. And um, that's rare when you look back at pop culture history. And then I'll also add Chernobyl, which was uh, devastating. Um, the Boys was a lot of fun as a alt take on superheroes. And I uh, really enjoyed Haley Steinfeld as Emily Dickinson. Uh, that was a lot of fun and... Um, Nice bit of uh, surreal fantasy thrown into the mix.
1: Hmm. Um, I had Mandalorian as well. I uh, ended up really enjoying it by the end. I was a little bit unsure of it at the start, but uh, I'm very glad that it exists. Uh, Chernobyl, obviously, as well. It was just... Uh, it was another one of those things that everyone was like, you got to watch Chernobyl, got to watch Chernobyl. And I was like, yeah, 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 whatever. And then I sat down to watch that first episode, and I think I watched the whole lot in one day. I did like, It was just... Oh, it was so gripping, and like and especially the, the kind of the situation that's especially going on now in australia like just watching the people in charge ignore the people who know what they're talking about yeah. is so frustrating like it's the most frustrating experience to watch this show but it was so gripping and and um yeah it was just magic i loved it um the other thing i really enjoyed was good omens that's this a good call. year um i I wasn't really familiar with the story previously, but uh, I loved it and, and got a lot out of it. And the performances are just just unbelievable. Tennant and Sheen are so so good. Um, and my last one is just a little. It's a little um, Korean drama that's on Netflix now. It's called Touch Your Heart. It's like a, a law firm sort of romancy light comedy thing. It was very very funny, and uh, I recommend it
0: if that is your sort of thing. Uh, pop culture crushes of 2019. Uh, I'm enjoying Anya Taylor Joy more and more. I didn't see her in a massive amount. She was in glass. She was in the beginning of the Playmobil movie. But uh I do like her a lot. Um, I really like Cara June. Mm-hmm. It's my beefy crush of twenty nineteen. She's not even that beefy. She's pretty beefy.
1: Well, compared to the stick insects that are normally on T V. No, but she's
0: tough. Like I don't I don't mean I don't mean that in a like... I don't mean beefy in a negative sense. Mm-hmm. Uh. Uh, I mean, like, she's just, she's just, like, tough. She, you believe that she can beat the shit out of every, I mean, she can, because she's a, mm. actually a fighter. Mm. But, um, yeah, she's just a tank, and she's great. Mm-hmm. Love her. I love the design of that character. Cat Taylor Swift coming down with the catnip. What a treat.
1: Fucking furry piece of no,
0: shit! No, it's just it's just it's just such a fucking no, you iconic are furry bullshit of, trash. I, I love Taylor Swift.
1: Oh, you're gonna be going supernova next year in one of those fucking fox <laughs> wolf suit. <laughs> no, Pinterest
0: rumples rumples rumpum tiger. And um, Betty Gilpin in Glow, who's the? Uh, I've always liked Alison Brie in Glow, but I really shifted <laughs> over to Betty Gilpin this year. There were some moments there where I was like. Hmm, I'm intrigued. Tell me more.
1: Uh, I think I've only watched a couple of episodes of Glow. I, don't no, know I really like Glow.
0: And um, your statement here is <laughs> yeah, is, no. a, is a lot more relevant for the climate we're in. <laughs> I did all my
1: listen everything last night. I was retired. It was late at night. And I said all men in entertainment are unworthy. But I must say this year that I did walk out of Captain Marvel um, extremely into Jude Law and everything that he had to offer within that film.
0: Yeah. But that's, but
1: that's about it. Like, honestly, uh, there was no one new this year that kind of picked, you know... Yeah. Took my interest. It was just a lot of it... Even, like, my kind of regular roster, they were, like... They were fine. Mm. They were fine. They didn't offer me anything new that kind of reignited my interest in them. That was R- solid. I, I enjoyed Chris Evans and his very comfortable-looking sweater in Knives Out, but... Oh, yeah. You know.
0: That sweater's had a but lot that's, of play. But,
1: but that's sort of, you know, that's the... The standard for Chris Evans,
0: very pleasant, does a good job, looks Re- nice. Renner didn't um, call you up and turn to kill you? No, he didn't, disappointingly. Okay. What about um, Timothy Chalamet?
1: No? 2020. Yeah, oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, you yeah. so you. rules, guys, you're a stickler. He's 2020, though it was very hard doing the list. Like, I mean, I think half the reason I couldn't think of any anybody is because Timothy Chalamet does have residence in my in head, head at the moment, so I couldn't think of anything else apart from his uh, devilishly tousled hair. He looks younger than Haley Steinfeld. No, he doesn't. He does.
0: No, he doesn't. Now the shoe's on the other foot.
1: No. Well, it's all right, because I'm much younger than you, so now the age distance is uh, much less.
0: Yeah, but mentally,
1: I've got a young aura. Predatory? <laughs> oh, young. Oh, young, you said. Oh, okay. Gosh. <laughs>
0: gosh um now do you not have a golden fappy nominee for the pop culture person of the year no no
1: no no one look i i accept your nomination but there was no one that i really really got into this year i don't think right. like not in the same way that we've had like Tyker and stuff the years
0: before yeah
1: okay i'm, I'm gonna so i will i will I will endorse this nomination, okay. but I'm not like yeah. a thousand percent into it.
0: No, well, I'm going to give it then to Adam Driver. And the reason is that uh, I think he has run the whole gamut of performance this year. He's had a really great year. He did um, Don Coyote, he did Marriage Story, he did Rise of Skywalker, he did The Report, which I just watched recently on Amazon um, Prime. Which is the one about the torture, the redacted torture report, and the um, trying to get that out after nine uh, eleven, uh, and the dead don't die, which wasn't very good, but it was a small scale movie. So mm. this is someone that's done huge blockbusters. They've done streaming films. They've done um, independence they've done drama, they've done comedy, they've been villains, they've sung, they've danced, they've done things which are um, politically and socially important. Mm. Done all these things, and I think he's approached them all with an incredible level of like commitment and intensity. And then, also to his credit, he's not gotten caught up in any of the bullshit that surrounds all of these things. He's maintained a private life and been an individual and kept his kids and everything private and just gone Mm. on and got on with it hasn't spent a lot of time in um like press junkety things and Mm. promo tours uh i was listening to i can't remember who it was but it was a celebrity on a podcast saying that the studios basically say to you or joke that they're not paying you to act they're paying you to do the promo tours Mm. because that's your big time commitment and everything and the acting's the fun part but then they're gonna you're gonna be committed to going off and doing all Mm. these shows and stuff and we've seen how like the avengers and things even or the star wars cast have been on youtube shows (laughs) eating chili peppers or Mm. doing family feud or doing all these things and driver dodges it all Mm. and i can only imagine that I mean, it has to He be just been, keeps booking jobs so he's never available. Well, it has to be contractual, but I imagine he's also taking the relevant pay cut for not doing those things. Hmm. To be, you know, if, if it is true mm. that that is a big part of the commitment mm. and what they're buying from you, I'm assuming that he's saying, well, no, I'd rather spend time with my family and stuff like that. Uh, and I'm sure with things like Dead Don't Die and Don Quixote, he doesn't have to do a lot of press. Hmm. Uh So, yeah, I I really, like, respect that. I think he's someone that's done a huge range of things, kept their integrity, and even when the internet are, like, baying about how terrible things are or complaining about his character or whatever, just so um, distanced from it. Mm. And I can't imagine even the angriest nerd going up to him in person and saying something to, like, you'd be Mm. terrified because he's so intense.
1: Or even, like... like, he wouldn't give a shit. Yeah, it's that's like, it. You know he like, would not care. It's like going up to Harrison Ford and talking about Star Wars. Like, he doesn't fucking care. It'd
0: be like telling a cat that you're disappointed that they're scratching the couch. Mm. They just give you a withering look. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think, um, you know, good for him. And, uh, look, we, we've hit that hour, but just as a sort of wrap-up, um, I don't think we need to actually say many things about these movies. Just list them, pretty much. Yeah. Well, again, you've broken the fucking rules. Yeah so our top 10 films of the decade because you yeah. know decades passed so why not look back at that mm. uh, I interpreted 10 as 12 mm. you it? did because you can't fucking count well it doesn't matter anymore 2020 mm. I'm uh, using that privilege mm, you do yours then I have to remember
1: because I did all mine with like chronologically with the years I have to remember what years my other ones are now
0: Yeah, I didn't do that for mine because I'm fucking organised, that's why. Alright, so my top <laughs> ten of the decade... Uh, and I cheated even more because I've put... Oh,
1: you did too, you fucker!
0: I've, I've included Star Wars as one movie.
1: <sighs>
0: such bullshit. Well, it's a trilogy and Not- it's each a chapter. So Force Awakens, Last Jedi, Rise of Skywalker, that's one. Such bullshit. That trilogy, loved it. Birdman, Under the Skin, Scott Pilgrim vs. The World... Uh, The Act of Killing, which is a documentary, The Lobster, The Muppets, Avengers Infinity War, Whiplash, Greasy Strangler, What We Do in the Shadows, and Cabin in the Woods.
1: Okay. Uh, My first one is from 2010, actually. Um, it's uh, It's not what many people would call a good movie, I think, necessarily, but... It's one of those movies that I could literally watch weekly and never get sick of it. And it's one of those things, if I sit down and go, I don't know what I want to watch. I watch Centurion. You've seen Centurion, haven't you? Yeah. The Michael Fassbender one. That's from 2010. I could watch that forever and just never, ever get sick of it. I really, I love that movie. It's not very, it's not massively well done. It's not super engaging, but it is a very uh, a
0: very good time. Who um, are you justifying it to?
1: Exactly. I don't give a shit. These are my favourite movies. Yeah, I don't them. care. Fuck them. Uh, 2011 is Drive. I love Drive so fucking much. Um, 2011 also, X-Men First Class. Remember when X-Men First Class came out and it felt like something new and good was happening and, and it, then it
0: didn't? It was the opening of uh <laughs> A whole new host of good X Men films. <laughs> yeah, not the yeah. an example of the law of diminishing returns. Yeah, yeah, it was uh,
1: it was all downhill from there. Two thousand twelve, the Avengers. Like the first, the first Avengers film. As much as I love a lot of the other ones, that felt like such a an opening of a door yeah kind of like in terms of engaging with the fandom and kind of getting into those characters the avengers was where it happened really close
0: to being on my list it probably should be
1: Mm, um 2013 is my favorite comedy of the decade which is this is the end like no movie has made me laugh as much as as that movie there's there's some very specific shit in it that appeals to me extremely specifically and i love
0: it would be in my top 20 as well yeah it's so good
1: Um, another, well, okay, tied for Best Comedy, What We Do in the Shadows as well. That was so, so funny. I said last week, uh, Magic Mike XXL from 2015. Again, if you haven't seen it, do just see it. It is probably not the movie that you actually think that it is. It is very, very good. Uh, 2015 again, Mad Max Fury Road. 2016, um, Brooklyn, a movie that I just absolutely fell in love with and really stuck with me. Uh, Moana, also from 2016, Call me by your name from 2017, and uh, my twelfth one I think was also from 2017. Um, I love the Greatest Showman. I re- I, I just fucking love it. It, yeah. is, it is me right down to the ground, and it's I really
0: like, enjoy it. It would have been dishonest to keep it only a ten because you would have forgotten The Greatest Showman.
1: No, I wouldn't have forgotten it. I cut it. I cut Centurion and I cut The Greatest Showman.
0: And cut things you love. I did for for what arbitrary thing. I mean, I could have done twenty. Look what not we just do? 20? It's, it's like not eating beef on a friday just arbitrary rules isn't life hard enough With all we have to add new hoops
1: to jump through but i really like fish and i like an excuse to just have a day to eat fish
0: you need fish whenever you want
1: i do i do and then i eat it on the special fish day also i get extra
0: fish every day you wake up it could be a special fish day
1: yeah but it's not though i don't get a day off to eat special fish
0: every day except for special fish day well you need to speak to hr <laughs> Because um, that's part of my contract. <laughs> oh, okay. Special fish day. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about. Uh, I don't. I haven't got any animated films there, and I was trying to think. Well, what what is the film for me at mm. the animated? And I love Zootopia. I love Inside Out. Mm. And although my one is more conventional, I think. Maybe that is it mm. for me the as well. The songs are so good. Yeah, like, they are. The songs are good
1: and the ideas are different and really interesting. You've got Jermaine as a, yeah, a
0: crab. crab, yeah. And you've got that wonderful, most empowered female Disney move of putting the mm. big fanny conch on mm. top of the phallic stone dick statue. She's just like, everyone before me was this part of this big phallic dick. Mm. Here is a big pink open conch and I'm mm. going to stick it on the top. Mm. and uh yeah, yeah. That, that's a moment yeah it
1: is yeah yeah it's a good film
0: that's what's on the list all right well there you go i mean that's what we liked what did you like huh we don't care yeah because you probably saw <laughs> nine films <laughs> and six of those are probably the worst thing you ever saw in your life mm. because that's how the internet talks about films these days but, uh, no, I love film. I love film so much. Yeah, uh, and if,
1: look, you've been listening to us all year. If there is something that you watch that we miss, that you think that we might like, do tell us, because yeah, we do, do want
0: to check that no, out. No, that would be really cool, and thank you for the people that have suggested things, like me watching uh, Klaus, or uh, claws. really enjoyed that. And I do genuinely <laughs> love film. It's ice cream trucks, just... Come down the street. <laughs> yeah. So that's it. Green sleeves. <laughs>
1: um, come on, wrap it up. I'm out of here. I gotta go get a soft serve.
0: All right. Uh, well, thanks so much for listening, everybody, and thanks for all these years because this is episode 301. Mm. You can go to our Facebook discussion page and everything. You'd find all that stuff on Fruitless Pursuits com, as well as links to the other shows. Dungeons and Drongos is coming back on the 14th of January. Looking forward. To sharing new episodes with you of course uh everybody out there take care uh, mm. especially if in australia because um things are pretty shitty and scary out there and um we do love and care about everybody and hope everybody is okay mm. and um, if we do
1: have any international um listeners we can't sort of Understate how serious things are on the east coast. Like yeah. it's a pretty fucking big deal. Like even for people not in the fire zone, like there's so much smoke that you know newborn babies, asthmatics, like everyone is so incredibly affected um, yeah. by this, and it's it's a, it's and, a really um, big
0: deal. Even those of us who are lucky over here are not being directly affected um like i've got family and stuff over there mm. and you know it, it is a shitty situation mm. but uh you know ultimately we're here to give you a silly escape for a bit so i hope we've done that mm. all right well uh, looking forward to a whole lot of new movies it doesn't stop they're, they're still making them god it's so relentless am just gonna keep coming out <laughs> let's see let's see 1917 on uh oh, yeah. next week, yeah. Oh yeah, I'm
1: really excited about that one. Yeah,
0: it's one thousand nine hundred and seventeen minutes long. Mm. and all one shot. Can't wait for that.
1: All right, well, um Tinkety Tonk.